But today, I'm not going to preach out of Nehemiah. Um, I just really want to preach out of um, Psalm 23. I've been meditating on it, and part of the Nehemiah thing, I've been bringing in a bit of um, Psalm 23. It's just a fantastic psalm uh, written by an amazing character named David. Uh, And Lord, I just pray that you would anoint your word to us today. And Lord, as Hugh said, that we would allow your scripture to read our heart, to let us understand things, Lord, about who we are and maybe where you want us to go and what you want us to, to, to be and do. So Holy Spirit, we do pray for your anointing uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Super encourage you guys on the stream, if you are from the church at Yarrawonga or Cobham, that, you know, the best is that you can come and be at church. Get it sometimes, you know, um, that, you know, the stream works well for you. But it's nothing quite like being together as a church, which was so encouraging. If you're not here, ask the question, why? Anyway, all good. And for those of you who are watching the stream, welcome. Uh, okay, so I want to talk out, I've entitled my message this morning, A Life Without Lack. And based out of Psalm 23, A Life Without Lack. Who wants a life with lack? Who wants a life where you are continually struggling with lack? Nobody. If you do, you need your head read. You need to read your Bible. So I want to to talk out of uh, what it means to have a life without uh, lack and based out of um, Psalm 23. Uh, 2 Corinthians verse, put my glasses on, 9 through to 8. And the NIV says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Think about it again. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able to bless you abundantly. The Christian message is not a message of poverty. It is not a message, you know, of just living in poverty and being, and being poor and in poverty is godly. No, that's not what Jesus came for. He came for good news. He came to give you good news that he actually is the God who not only is able but wants to bless you. And I love these words where it says here, uh, in all things and at all times. So can I ask you, when there is there a moment in your life where God is not able to bless you abundantly? If it means at all times of your life. There's no moment in your life where God has, does not have the capacity or the desire to bless you. Hallelujah. I mean, that's good news. Hallelujah. But it's a little bit like Hugh said earlier on. You know, um, you can see sometimes and in some people's lives... And there are moments when we will face challenges of lack, but that is not your destiny. Um, I have a saying, life is a journey. You are meant to journey through lack to where God is able to bless you. You understand? Hallelujah. So I want to base out of the life of David. David uh, in Psalm 23 says these words in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm just going to do one verse. One verse out of Psalm 23. That means I've got, there's another uh, six sermons coming out of um, Psalm 23. But the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want written by whom? Who said this? This was David. David said this at a time, according to <clears throat> uh, biblical scholars, that he was uh, in the midst of a terrible time in his life. He had risen to be a king from a shepherd boy. And he had a whole bunch of sons and he was leading the nation of Israel. And then his son Absalom had decided to rebel against his father and take the kingdom from him. And during that moment and during that time, people who had been close to David, who had been his closest friends and traveled through life with him, decided to leave David and support his son. I have two sons. I just think, Terry, you have a couple of sons. Three sons. He's got more than me. Took my daughter as well, but anyway. (laughs) Imagine in your heart if your son or one of your children was in such a um, terrible relationship with you that they were trying to take over from you and in fact kill you. I mean, there are times I've thought about things to do with that with my, my children. Like, you know, I'd really like to, whatever. But think about the heart of this man. What was going on? And his closest friends, some of his closest friends had gone. And also his enemies waited for this moment to finally say, David, you're going to get it. Ha, ha, ha. Finally, David, I knew you were destined for this because you are a scumbag. So this is all going through David's head. And in fact, David was struggling to the point where he's thinking, has God left me? Is God going to take the kingdom from me? And this is where he writes Psalm 1. Psalm 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The most amazing statement of faith through a terrible moment In his life, yet he had the power or the ability or the faith to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What are you laughing at, Karen? (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I love it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does it mean? I shall not want. I just want you to think about this. When David was saying at that time, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's he talking about? We need to understand what the word want means. I shall not want. So the word want means this. I will not lack or fail or decrease. Under this pressure, under this moment in his life, he's declaring this faith message of, uh, I shall not lack at this moment where things are looking so dark. I shall not fail at this moment in my life because the Lord is my shepherd. It's profound. Because I have been at moments in my life where I have wondered what the outcome will be. I have wondered through moments where it seems so difficult, where it seems that the world may be turning against my life. Or just the heat and the pressure of life. And what do I utter at those times in my life? And I want to ask you the question this morning. What do you say under your moments of pressure? Do you have the ability like David to say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. That stirs my heart. Because I've never been in a position as bad as that that man. We can learn something from this man. 
See, he was an older man at this time. He had lived life. He had experienced the challenges of life many, many times. And he had learnt this ability to speak out who actually was in charge of his life. Who the Lord was to him. I shall not fail. You know, imagine, you imagine if you meet someone... You know, and they've got some grand idea, and you're thinking, oh, you know, and they say, you know what? I won't fail. I won't fail. You would think to yourself, possibly upstart, arrogant, they don't really know what life will bring. Was David like that? No, 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 no. He was saying it from a heart that the Bible says was after God. The thing that attracted God. To David, even though he failed at times in his life, was that this thing inside of him called his heart, his cardia, his inner man, was always after God. And that's why this man was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack, I shall not fail. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. What does it mean? I want to read you this. Psalm 34, verse 8 through to 10. Again, written by David, quite possibly because it's a psalm. Verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints. How many saints we got here today? Got a few. He's talking to you. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints. There is no want to those who fear him. No want, no lack, no failure to those who fear God. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. He's relating to, you know, nature. You see, lions, though powerful, will go through times of lack. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. See, when he's talking about lack, what is he talking about? God does not want you to lack something. And in the psalm it interprets as any good thing. God does not want you to lack any good thing. That's something to shout about. That's something to celebrate. That's something to put your faith in. And at moments when life can be difficult, it is something that you need to speak out over whatever you're feeling, over whatever your situation is, because it's true. Do you understand? Can I have an amen? Am I putting you to sleep? This stirred my heart. Oh, it always does, but I don't know. I was talking talking to Terry the other day or someone... You know, you know, like um, I usually get about 8.30 in the morning and um, I get four hours of just me and God. Just me and the word. I'm a sport brat. You guys are off doing whatever you got to do. I've got a cruisy. I get four hours in the morning with him. No, it's not cruisy actually, but anyway. But it's good. I, 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 I get blown away. Just when I read the stuff, and it stirs my heart, man. I just wanted to stir your heart this morning. I wanted to motivate you 
that you will be a person of courage and faith like David who can say that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not fail. Failure tries to sneak up sometimes in our lives. Failure sneaks up in marriages. Failure sneaks up when you're trying to be a parent and try to make the right decisions for your children. But according to this scripture, this promise that God will not deny you of any good thing, any good thing, And this is not just about financial things. This is about your journey of life. That he's not holding back, pouring out his blessing on you. But it's whether or not you want to make the courageous step at times to believe it. Someone's phone, is that mine? No, I don't have have a wussy ring like that, mate. I have a... Whoever's got that ring... Oh, cheeks, I'm going to get in trouble with that one. Oh dear. Um, Verse 10 again. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The word good in this uh, translation means beautiful, best, better, bountiful, cheerful, favor, fine, joyful, kindly, kindness, most pleasant, pleasing, precious, prosperity, sweet, wealth, be well. God will not withhold from you any good, beautiful, wonderful, amazing thing. God is not the withholder, friends. But we are a people who are meant to walk by faith. See, the connection between you and heaven is what you choose to believe. What you believe at moments of challenge is so important. You will face times, it's kind of like this, I was thinking about, what, is, what does it mean, you know, when I'm under this pressure? It's kind of like, you know, things are going on, I've been through financial pressures, our church at times has been through financial pressures, whatever. You know, this thing where it seems that good things are being withheld. And it's kind of like you're at the beginning of a tunnel that if, you, if, if light keep, keeps going that way, it's going to end disastrously. But you know it's coming and you see it's coming and David could see this trouble and the stuff that was happening and in fact he could die. But at the beginning of that tunnel, that's where you've got to make the statement of faith about who is your Lord and who is your shepherd. You understand? And I know, man, I've been doing this with you guys for a long time. I know my own personal experience and I know when I watch you guys, I know. I know what's happening and I know even more if you're in the faith zone because I can tell what comes out of your mouth. You understand? What comes out of your mouth tells us what's in here. So why did David be able to say, I shall not want, I shall not lack, I shall not fail? The key is in his statement, the Lord is my shepherd. See, if he were just to say, I shall not want, I shall not lack, I shall not fail, And you didn't have that front bit where he says, the Lord is my shepherd. See, the Lord was a shepherd and that's why he wouldn't lack. See, the lack results in our lives if you are a Christian when we stop 
this process of letting him be our Lord and our shepherd. Do you understand? That is key to living a life without lack. My message to you this morning is live a life without lack. Well, you cannot live a life without lack if you don't put the first two things in the front, which is the Lord is my shepherd. When David was talking about the Lord, he is talking about the Jehovah, the God. Uh, I'll give you the, the, the um, Jehovah. This word Lord means Jehovah, the self-existent eternal God. See, everybody can have a Lord, but is he the right one? He's got to be the self-existent eternal Jehovah. He's the one who unlocks a life without lack. Do you understand that? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about whatever in your life. I have lacked wisdom at times in knowing what to do. But when I get back, the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me the lack and gives me something smart. You understand? Whatever you're facing in your business, I don't know. The lack can be resolved by the declaration of who your Lord is. The Lord, the self-existent creator of the universe. The Lord is my shepherd. Now here's a question. How many people here can tell me that the Lord, you got the Lord. Who's got the Lord? Give me a wave. Have you got him? That's all right then. But here's the thing. You can say he's Lord and you can come to church, but that does not unlock the lack, the answer to lack. See, it's the two together. He says, the Lord, the self-existent creator of the universe is my shepherd. You see, you can have the Lord, but you can have him not as your shepherd. The two are like these, um, I don't know, I'll use that, the Batman and Robin that will defeat lack in your life. Batman and Robin, like it. If you only have the one, because there are too many Christians that tell me Jesus is Lord, or I hear them say he's Lord, or I know, but I know that they live a life of lack. Because the problem is, who's the shepherd? See, whenever the Bible in the Old Testament or the New Testament talks about the word shepherd, it is actually talking about the leader of your life. Jesus, when he came to the planet, said he was the good shepherd. He said he would lead his sheep. You see, whenever you, and David, when he's talking here about this principle of shepherding, it is about who leads your life, where you go and who gives you the direction through your challenge and through your difficulty. The Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd cares, a shepherd protects, a shepherd feeds, a shepherd leads you. Because if you stay in the same place and you leave sheep in the same place, they will eat the place bare I'm a Kiwi, I know sheep. Sort of. Shepherds lead the sheep away from the parchness of the land to a place where they can get a good feed. 
Do you understand? Shepherds lead. You have a shepherd whether you know it or not. You have a shepherd whether you know it or not. Everybody has a shepherd whether they can say Jesus is their shepherd or not. Because everybody is led by something or someone. You are led by someone or something in your life. Every moment of your day, every decision you make. Now sometimes, you know, people, it it is themselves. They lead. They take their lives. And here's the challenge when you're a Christian is to take control when you should let God. Through fear or through difficulty or through whatever challenge you're facing, it is very easy to get away from the Lord is my shepherd. And rather than that, you will say the Lord was my shepherd, but now I'm the shepherd. Do you understand? The Lord is as present tense. Think about it. The Lord, when he said the Lord is, he didn't say the Lord was or he didn't say the Lord will be. He said the Lord is. Meaning at that moment in David's life of great difficulty, that moment he was saying right now through my challenge, through my difficulty, he is my leader. He is the one who leads me. But I know in my life at times under pressure that he was and he isn't anymore at that particular area of my life. It is so important. That you have this present understanding every day of your life that he is and that he wasn't. You know, do you understand what he is? I mean, what I mean? I know heaps of people, man. You know, I went to Bible school. You wouldn't think it, but I did. You know, um, and there are a whole bunch of the people who were like me, had a cry and a desire to serve Jesus. And some of them aren't even serving him now. Because he was their shepherd, but he isn't now. And through whatever life brought their way, whatever challenge it brought, at some moment, no longer was Jesus, he is my shepherd. But it went to the past tense and he was. And see, you will face challenges in your life. And I guarantee at moments, you cannot say he is my shepherd because you'll be overcome with fear, overcome with whatever is going on in your world. But you must be a person that understands that he has to be the present moment your shepherd. Do you understand? I think that's quite good. The Lord is, is, not wasn't. Man, the temptation of David to not let him be his shepherd at that moment. And like I said, I know sometimes, because my job is to watch over you and to try and help you on your journey and guide you. You know, in partnership with God as our leadership is. But I know, I see, I watch. I know moments when he isn't your shepherd anymore. I know, because I can see it. And friends, in the area of lack, if you are, and you have for a long time been in an area of lack, I guarantee that he is not your shepherd in one, some way, shape or form. Because either that or he's a liar. Do you understand that? If you are living in lack and have been for a period of time, I'm telling you, either God is a a liar or there is some flaw in you letting him lead you. Hugh, when you were talking about um, the offering, where's Hugh? Somewhere around here. Oh, you were there and now you're there. Tricky. It's like you said, man. There are principles of God that he guides us in in our lives 
Not to lead you into struggle, not to lead you into pain, not to lead you into heartache, but to lead you, friend, into the places where no good thing will be withheld from you. Hallelujah. That's why this Christian thing is the best deal on the planet. It's the best deal. You know, moments of crisis, we're going to face them. Be it your children, be it your health, be it your finances, be it your business, be it knowing there will be moments where, man, it's just, you know what, you know what? And you have got to be a believer who has written on the, on the uh, thing of your heart, he will keep being my shepherd. The longer you do this, the more you do it, the more it becomes a reality. Jesse, amen, bro. Critical moments. You must reaffirm who is your shepherd at the critical moments of your life. You must, you must, you must. And it ain't my... Nobody else can make that choice but you. Nobody else can make the choice to reaffirm who your true leader is but you. We can't make it for you. Your call. You know? That's, Christianity is about choice. It's not about the God of heaven demanding from you. It's about him presenting before you. Dude, walk my way. Let me be your shepherd. I want to take you here. The devil is not like that. The devil just wants to plaster you and slam you with crap and drag you to a place where he can rob and steal and destroy from your life. But God stands there, just the most wonderful good father, leading us like a shepherd. He's the shepherd, right? Leader. He guides. You make the choice. And there are so many different areas of our life that this principle is true to. Every area, actually. Right? I want to talk to you this morning about the area of finance, wealth. God does not want you to suffer lack with your finance. God does not want to withhold from you blessing. Blessing is your destiny. But if you do not let him be the leader, the shepherd over your wealth, he won't lead you there. It will be on you or whatever principle you follow and you see, Hugh said this morning, you see, we can do things. We earn money from our jobs. We can put in the share market. We can, um, what was the other thing? Houses, land, whatever, you know. Hmm. But there is a supernatural aspect that you should experience as a believer that is way above what earthly things can produce. Do you understand? The key to the supernatural blessing 
is who leads your finance, who is your guide with your finance. And Jesus said this. See, the, the Bible is so consistent. Luke 6, chapter 38. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38 in the NLT. And this is just the most amazing principle, actually. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for less. No, to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, this is kind of built around finance, but this is to every area of your life. You know, if you are a mean, grumpy person, and you treat people, and your, your, your life is about taking from everybody else, friend, you're going to live a sad, sad life. But if you understand and allow the good shepherd to guide your life, and your decisions are not just based about you, me, my... And you live a life of servitude where you give of your life to others, friend, you will experience the most amazing blessing in your life and the most great fulfillment that life can ever bring. Zero down into finance. If you are not a person who uses your ability to give that is a gift of God, you are way, way not listening to the boss. Am I making sense? Give. And it will be taken away from you and then you won't have enough. No. See, here's the thing. I've heard it said, if he's got your pocket, he's got your heart. What's the other side of that mean? If he ain't got your pocket, he hasn't got your... If he's got your pocket, he's got your heart. Now, it's not about, you know... See, God's not that guy that's saying, you know, he don't need your loot. He gives you the opportunity to partake in the kingdom principle that the Father showed and displayed by sending Jesus, that absolute amazing gift that brought a change to the universe and a change to the planet and a change to all those who would come after that time because it was a gift. Do you understand? The principle of heaven is not take. The principle of heaven is not um, fear. It is living a life where you understand the freedom of giving. And I'm going to tell you, he blows me away. God blows me away. I'm going to tell you, oh, I don't know if I should, but I will because too bad. I'm going to tell you a little story in my life. And I please hope, I don't hope you don't take this the wrong way. But if you do, I don't know. Never mind. So I reckon five years ago. So you know me and Pekka, well even before then, we were living in New Zealand and doing our thing and come to Australia and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we came to Aussie and anyway, about four years into it, five years into it. And I got a call from someone in New Zealand and they said, oh man, have you seen the news? And they said, you know what? They said, you fall into the category quite possibly that the New Zealand and Australian government are going to abandon you. Because you are between the two worlds, because you've left New Zealand, you're living in Australia, you're on a visa, and you might not get money when you retire. And I'm kind of a man of faith, because in New Zealand we live lots of, we've had lots of journeys in faith, is, is what I'll say. 
But this thing snuck in. This thing snuck in because I remember years ago when I was young and my, you know, um, I honor my father, but my dad, when he was at that age, was in a position where it was just a struggle when he was old. And I remember saying to myself when I was young, I was a new believer, I said, I never want to be in that position. No disrespect to me, dad. Anyway, long story short, so I sat back and this thing gets inside of me and it just sort of, you know, and I, I don't know, God's my shepherd. So I remember praying to God. I said, Lord, I don't know, you know, I, I, I feel fair, but I don't want to be fearful about this. I want to trust you. I want to understand because I believe in you because you've been faithful and you've been my shepherd. Man, you've been the best shepherd, Father. And I want you to lead me through this challenge in my life. And anyway, I used to be a builder and a developer in New Zealand, blah, blah, blah. And um, I had a bit of money that I'd sold some stuff in NZ and it came here. Pastors who develop are from the devil. No, I don't know. Anyway, long story short is I had this bit of money, but, you know, and I, and I thought, Lord, because I remember this thing about, you know, God will use whatever's in your hand. Right? So I had something in my hand. Long story short is I said, God, okay, I know this, I've done this in NZ, but God kept telling me to wait. And I'd see these deals pass by, and man, you know, I remember one that was just the best in my natural understanding, I just thought, man, I'm going to buy that baby, but I had to go to Africa, and, um, and I just felt God told me, nah, nah, leave it, and I flew back, and someone else had got it, and I was just really disappointed, anyway, blah, blah, blah. But I kept feeling this thing from God, because the shepherd was guiding me, even though, you know... And anyway, a moment came where I was able to buy something, buy a block of land, and um, I bought the block, and then I said to Terry's brother, are you all right with this? This is my life. So I said to Terry's brother, can you draw me a set of plans? And I said, I want this. Anyway, these plans came back, and they were extravagant. And I'm a, I used to be a builder, so I know what things cost, and I'm thinking, I can't afford this. And I, I remember saying, oh, you know, I must have not communicated well. And uh, the next morning I was going to ring and say, hey man, shrink the baby, it's too big. And I'm not justifying you doing this, I'm just telling you my story. Anyway, in the night, I just feel God tell me, dude, it'll be all right. Do you not trust me? So we endeavor, and off we go and we do this thing and just about killed me doing the church in the house, but it's all good, we got there by the grace and a good church who, you know, let their past be done. But anyway, long story short is, I can tell you that I can say to you now that God has put me in a position by his grace and by his goodness because he will not withhold any good thing from those who will put him as their shepherd that I cannot believe his blessing as a result of what I did. You see, Ephesians 3, 20 says, to the God who is able, to the God who wants to do beyond what you can think or hope. But if you don't let him be your shepherd, you will not experience it. And the more you let him be your shepherd, the more you will experience where you yourself will say, I cannot believe what my Father in heaven has done for me. Hallelujah. Friend. Let the good shepherd lead your life. Let him be the one who instructs you through your crisis. Let him be the one that you will say, Lord, I don't understand, but yes, like David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not fail, I shall not lack. Hallelujah. I want to hear that from you. 
I want to hear you say to me, and I'm hearing some of you tell me now. And you know what? I, I just love that. Amen. That's my message. <laughs> the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord. Not the economy. The Lord. The self-existent creator of the universe. Jehovah. And he will be my shepherd. Father, I thank you for your word. You know, God, I can't speak quietly when I think of these things. And God, I know heaven is crying out to people this morning that are hearing this message to stop letting fear or stop letting others or stop letting their natural thoughts guide them through life's challenges. And Lord, I pray this morning that a spirit of courage and boldness would come upon your people. And Lord, at this moment in their lives, they, can't, they won't say the Lord was, but they will say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. And Lord, I speak the promise of the word of God over each and every hearer. And Lord, I know I'm going to hear more and more come and say and declare and give testimony. God has done above and beyond. And this morning, if you have never made Jesus, you have not said, he is my Lord, he will be my shepherd, then you need to pray this prayer with us this morning. And let's pray this prayer together. Lord God, you are the creator of the universe. I recognize who you are. And I say to you, you are my shepherd. You be the leader of my life. You guide me. I give over my will to you. I choose to follow you. Forgive me when I have not done that. And Lord, this morning, I say the Lord is my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.